Time now for The Real Estate Connection with Stephen Fayard, a realtor and certified probate and real estate specialist. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or a seasoned investor looking to downsize, move up, or refinance, this program is for you. From probate sales to landscape design to home repairs and maintenance, this is your weekly look into all things real estate. Now your host for The Real Estate Connection, Stephen Fayard. Happy, happy, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Real Estate Connection brought to you by Good Patriot Realty, a salute to home ownership. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, if you're new to the podcast, um, you can find us at Apple Podcasts and also iHeartRadio, Podbean, and um, uh, Spotify. That's right. So we're in multiple locations if you have any problem trying to find me, just look up my name, Stephen Thayard. It's right there in the corner, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-T-H-E-A-R-D. On any one of those platforms, like I said, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days. Thank you, uh, Apple, for growing to be so big and hosting people like me to be able to share this information with people like you. So welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Connection. Again, brought to you by Good Patriot Realty, a salute to home ownership. Hey, if you're in the Northern California Bay Area, Santa Clara County, or San Benito County, Monterey County, Santa Cruz County, give us a call, 408-472-0817. Again, 408-472-0817. We'd be happy to help you with your real estate needs. Currently working with a buyer in the Los Gatos Mountains. Wow, have I learned a lot about mountain property. Did you know that you could get your drinking water from a spring, from running water in the mountains, um, and then pump it up to a storage tank and use it for your house every single day? I did not know that. And did you know that it is not uncommon for that to happen? I did not know that either. So the things you learn in the industry, excuse me, ahem, <clears throat> Things that you learn in the industry over 17, 20 years of experience, and you're still learning things. So if you want that kind of deep real estate base of knowledge uh, with somebody who's really going to care about you and your loved ones in the real estate buying or selling process, give me a call. Stephen Thayard with Good Patriot Realty at 408-472-0817. And without any further ado... Let's get into it. All right. The topic of today's podcast is building generational wealth with real estate. Now, building generational wealth through real estate is not a new concept, so I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Here, There have been many people who have espoused this over the years. However, what does it really mean and how do you go about building generational wealth through real estate, right? Because you hear about it talked about all the time. The, one of the biggest reasons uh, to own a home is to build generational wealth. Also is to lock in your lease, mortgage, rent for the next 30 years. You don't have to worry about your landlords raising the rent on you for 30 years. And then <laughs> you have no rent at all, right? Depending on how long your loan is, if you're going to be aggressive and go for it, you can take care of that thing in 15 years. And then you have no rent at all. 
you just have overhead of keeping your property maintained and paying property taxes, but it's a great benefit along with building generational wealth. So um, in this program, in today's episode, we're going to talk about how you go about building generational wealth and what does it mean with real estate. So purchasing a home is buying an asset. And you may not have heard that before, but when you buy your own personal house to live in, you are actually purchasing an asset. So that begs the the question, what is the difference between an asset and a liability as it relates to building generational wealth? Now I'm gonna credit this information, the general overall concept to Mr. Robert T. Kiyosaki from his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I highly, highly, highly recommend that you pick up and read because it will change the way you look at life. It's one of those transformational books that just changes you when you understand the concepts that he's talking about. And one of those things is acquiring assets versus acquiring liabilities. Now, an asset generally, okay, so we need to know the difference so that we can understand what you want to do in building generational wealth. An asset generally is anything you own that you expect to receive future benefit of owning through either increased value over time or the earning of income. So basically you're buying something that's going to increase in value over the t- over time you have it um, in the future um, and also has the ability to produce income. That is an asset. So what are some general examples of assets? Well, believe it or not, coin-operated laundromats, storage unit facilities. You know those storage facilities you drive by all the time? Boy, are those asset money-making machines in multiple different ways. If you can aspire to own a public storage, go for it. Seriously. All right. And um, ATM machines, uh, vending machines, gold, silver, and real estate. Those are examples of assets. Now, what are liabilities? So generally, a liability is a personal possession you buy that costs you money to maintain, loses value over time, and does not provide you with income. Now, you might be saying, all right, I'm gonna give you some examples before I jump into that next thought. But here are some examples of liabilities as follows. There are follows. Boats, motorcycles, cars, dirt bikes, and ATVs, right? So your toys in general, fishing pole, you know, things that you're gonna use for entertainment or fun. Now you might be saying, but Stephen, what if I have a business where I'm uh, renting ATVs or I'm renting a boat or jet ski or something like that. Well, then that's a different thing. That's a business. But generally speaking, over time, <clears throat> the, the, the thing that you're using to generate income with, that boat, that jet ski, um, and even car rentals, right? Over time, they cost you money to maintain and they lose value. They're not increasing in value. And eventually, you're going to have to replace them with new stuff. So they're going to generate some income but it's not something you're going to hold that will main will hold its value and maintain it. So you have to have something that's going to hold its value and maintain it. And so, you know, a vending machine may not actually fit in an asset other than the fact that maybe if you uh, maintain it for a long period of time, it will hold its value because there is value in buying used vending machines. 
but a brand new one's going to be uh, more expensive than a used one than the same with an ATM machine. But generally speaking, coin operated laundries are pretty good too, even though you're um, losing money over the washing machines over time, still somewhat of an asset. Uh, what, what is a hard, solid, more solid asset would be gold, silver, and real estate. All right. So um, again, uh, why are the above examples liabilities? They lose value over time. They cost you money to maintain them. And they also have a cost of use as well. So with you, when you have ATVs, um, jet skis, boats, cars, you have to buy insurance and you have to register them. And uh, some, uh, and then you're gonna have to pay a little bit of personal property tax because there's gonna be that on cars and car registration. So, you know, you have regulatory issues and a cost to maintaining these uh, items as well. And again, they're, they're going down in value. They're physically deteriorating in front of you and they're not holding their value. So homes are assets because they fall into the category of real estate. Now, you may be asking the question, why is real estate an asset? Well, real estate has the ability to generate revenue or income, right? If you own a home and um, you rent it, you can rent it and generate income from it, right? That's something you can do with a house. Real estate can be leveraged meaning you can borrow against your real estate for future investing. You don't, you can hold on to the value of your home that you own, which is called equity, or you can use that to pull it out of your property and use it for investing. Now, when you're doing that, you buy assets. You don't buy liabilities. You want to make your money work for you, right? You want to buy an asset that's going to give you some equity in something else. All right. Um, real estate is an equity vehicle. And what do I mean by that? The value increases by either paying down the loan or through value going up, which we call appreciation. So when the value is going up on a property, it's appreciating. And when you're paying your loan mortgage, your loan, loan payment down, you're owning more and more and more of that asset, which is called equity. And you can borrow against that. Um, Real estate also tends to go up over time, even while taking into account changing market dynamics. Now, I lived in the real estate industry during the Great Recession of 2006, seven, and eight, um, when real estate, everything from underneath it just crumbled because it was being held up by, by air, essentially, right? And everybody thought, oh, I'll never buy real estate again. I've lost my shirt. It's never coming back. Well, you look at it now, what are we, how far are we out from 2008, um, 15 years out from 2008 and what have real estate values done? They've rebounded, they've come back because generally speaking, even though you have ups and downs in the market, that curve, that line tends to be trending up always. All right. Um, real estate holds value also because land is finite. What do I mean by that? They're not making any more land. What you see is what you get. We have one earth and all the land that's available is available, right? Unless you're talking about the rare occurrence of an earth of, of volcanoes and lava hitting water and creating islands or expanding islands. Okay, but that's a very, 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 very slow process. What I'm trying to say is the land that you see is basically all the land that you're gonna get. And even then the supply gets limited or, con or shrink is getting um, shrunk by man because man will come in as a city or a county 
and they will say all the land that is within this jurisdiction has we have a plan for its use and so we're going to say this part of the, la the land that under is under our jurisdiction is just for houses and living and this part of the land is for commercial retail manufacturing this part of the land is for agriculture we're going to reserve it just for growing food and this part of the land in california is designated open space which means we're preserving the land in its natural um state so that people can enjoy it in the future so what does that do that shrinks down the amount of land that can be used for living um by people and so it decreases the availability which increases value it's you know the whole supply and demand thing right if you have one apple and 15 people want to buy that apple price of that apple goes up because there's a limited supply if you have a bushel or a big bucket of apples and you only have two people that want to buy it well those apples become cheap real fast okay supply and demand and with it being a limited supply of land that you can actually purchase a home and live in or rent you have value and it holds over time so now that we've established what an asset is and a liability is we now know that owning real estate is owning an asset so how do you build generational wealth with real estate buying your first home to live in is the first step to building generational wealth the amount of money you put down on the home is the initial equity you have in the house so if you're buying for example i know this is not happening in california but if you buy for example a property for a hundred thousand dollars a house and you put twenty thousand dollars down on that house you have an eighty thousand dollar mortgage meaning a loan to pay off well that twenty thousand that you have in cash in the house is equity that's how much of the house you own and the other part is owned by the bank you can borrow against that twenty thousand dollars because the house is the asset that's holding the value against the twenty thousand if somebody lends you the lends you money of that twenty thousand they know that they can go after the house to get it back leveraging as you pay down that eighty thousand dollar loan right so you pay keep paying and now it's only fifty thousand that you owe you now have fifty thousand in equity fifty thousand you owe the bank until it's eventually you pay off the loan and you own the house outright and it's worth a hundred thousand dollars you can use that to leverage and it's an asset it holds its value over time now if you're blessed enough to live in a market where um the value of homes are going up for whatever reason whether it's the location whether it's supply and demand issues, um, whether people are flocking to the area because there's lots of work and there's not enough housing to go around. Again, supply and demand, uh, econ 101, and your house is going up in value, you get a double dip, right? So you put 20,000 down and then the next year, that $100,000 house is worth 110. And you've only paid interest, so you still owe $80,000 on principal, which is the balance of the loan, but it's gone up $10,000 in value. That $20,000 you put down plus the $10,000 that's gone up in value, you now have $30,000 in equity. 
equity. That is money that you can use to leverage to use to invest in other properties. So again, um, the process of paying your mortgage every month, year by year, increases the equity you have in the property until eventually you own the house. Holding the house and passing the property on to your heirs is the creation of generational wealth because your sons or your daughters or your nieces or nephews did not work for that and did not earn it. But as they inherit it, whatever they have gets this asset gets added to theirs and then in the next generation their wealth takes a jump up real fast i'm talking with quick and in a hurry especially if you're in california where if you purchased a house maybe in the 80s and it cost you uh, i'm guessing even at the high end 350 at the low end 100,000 125,000 and you've held it into 2023 and it's now worth $1.8 million, which is the median price house in San Jose, California right now, the next generation is going to be inheriting all of that wealth. Boom. That, that, that heir, whether it's a son or a daughter, may be just getting out of college, starting a new job, and they're renting. And their net worth may be just what they can get from the vehicle they own, or maybe some jewelry or stocks that they purchased. And all of a sudden, boom, $1.8 million kicks them up into, into wealth on top of what they already own, right? And so you're building into the next generation that wealth. So at the most basic level, buying a house, holding it, paying it off, and leaving it to your heirs is the most basic way to build generational wealth through real estate. Now, you can do more to build wealth. How do you do it? This is where the leveraging comes into play. So as you're building up equity into your house over time, and say, for instance, in our original example, you purchased a house for $100,000, you put $20,000 down, eventually you only owe $10,000 on that house. You have $90,000 in equity. You can borrow against that equity, use that money on, as a down payment for another house, and you can move out of your house that you have now into the new one, hold the old house, and rent it. Why? Because you've got it mostly paid off, except for the borrowing on the next house, right? But then you're getting income. You're getting rents on that house. And if you've done it right, the rents will cover your mortgage on that house. And then your job or your income is covering the mortgage on the second house. So now you've got double equity building. You're building equity in your rental property until it's paid off over time. You use those rents to pay down the mortgage, pay down the mortgage, pay down the mortgage until you own that house outright and you keep paying on the second house you own. Then you do it again, or you do it vice versa. You like your home that you're in now, you use the equity, get a loan, buy an investment property, rent it, pay down, be paying on equity, paying down the loan on that, and you're building equity in two places. All right, over time, if you start young enough, you can duplicate this plot process to two, three, 
four, five properties. So this is now building a massive foundation of generational wealth because as you're paying down your loans, you're owning more and more and more of these properties. You have income coming in on these properties that can then be used as you pay off these loans to pay your day-to-day -day living expenses for you and your family, whether it's for heating, property taxes, you need to buy a new vehicle, you want to buy a few liabilities like a boat or a, a jet ski, and your rental income is paying for these liabilities instead of you paying for it out of your salary. And eventually you have so much income coming in, you quit. You don't work for anybody anymore. You now own a business and the business is real estate investing. You own enough properties that these are paying all of your bills and all you're doing is maintaining the properties over time. All right. So the sky's the limit, right? Then you can leverage into other things. You don't have to stay with single family homes or condos. You may at your second or third property purchase a duplex where you have two units under one ownership, right? And you're getting two rents off of one mortgage. Then maybe you leverage and you get enough money. You decide to sell a few of those assets. Maybe you have two or three homes and you go, I want a small apartment building. Maybe you want 10, 15, 20 units. And then all of a sudden you've jumped into a new level of ownership and real estate investing. And you're, it's kicking off cash, kicking off, kicking off cash. But then you say, oh, I'm tired of dealing with uh, toilets and refrigerators and garbage disposals, ovens and things of that nature and dealing with individual rents. I want to get into commercial real estate. So you buy, you sell off your residential real estate and you buy a small strip mall. Local um, has tenants in it small commercial, small retail businesses, and you're getting leases and they're paying your expenses through the lease. You own the building, you own the land, the land's going up in value, the building's going up in value as you maintain it. The, the whole project's going up in value because you have it fully occupied and you're doing stuff like that. Or you decide you don't wanna deal with those type of rents and you decide, I think I wanna buy a public storage. You're buying the land, you own the buildings, and you have all these little, all these people coming in, buying these little storage lockers for short periods of time. And it's just printing money. Cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. Every single month, right? This is the beauty of real estate and building generational wealth. Because the sky is the limit. But the first step, the very first step is buying your first home and that starts the dominoes to roll to fall so you're asking this and i hear you i hear you in the background i hear the thoughts coming through your mind as you're listening to this podcast especially if you're in california but steven it's too expensive to do this in california the housing prices are too high oh there's no way we're priced out. How can anybody get this done? Well, I'm here to tell you. 
We live in the United States of America. And we are free to purchase real estate in any of the states. So, if you cannot afford something in California where you feel comfortable, like you're going to get good rents, right? Because you, you're like, I can't buy a house here for myself. Um, how am I ever going to get started? You said the first step is buying my first home. Well, you can buy a first home anywhere in the United States of America. Anywhere. So, look around. Use this. Where you see big universities. Where you see large manufacturing plants, whether it be automobiles, uh, electronics, washing machines, dishwashers, anything where there's a giant industry being producing um, jobs for people. That's why I like universities, because there's always people around. You have professors, you have teacher's assistants, you have all the support staff. You have massive campuses that need to be maintained. Uh, you have research and development. Uh, oh, buying around large medical facilities, hospitals, cancer research centers. People are employed and they're working. And so that means you have a large base of people that need a roof over their head. Everybody needs a roof over their head. Whether you're renting or buying, we all need a place to lay our head and to protect ourselves from the external elements. Buy around those places in areas you can afford and make your first purchase. Some places you can get into a house, three bedroom, two bath, for under $200,000 around areas like that. Think, use your mind, expand, get outside of the box of just California and make your dreams happen to build generational wealth. Now, if you have any questions about the strategy or am I thinking about this right? Um, where can I cut corners or not cut corners? Give me a call. I know that I may not necessarily make any money off of helping you buy real estate outside of the state of California, but that's okay because we are here to help each other to achieve and grow and provide stability for your family and your future family and their future family. That's the goal, building generational wealth. Now I'm digging into my drawer here and I wanna remind you of this because this concept is not hard to wrap your arms around and to understand. The hard part is pulling the trigger. Even when everything is all lined up and it makes perfect sense, it is tough. It is tough to write the check, to sign the loan documents, to get in to the business of building general generational wealth and not just thinking about it. It's a risk and there has to be strength, courage, and faith to make the leap forward. So I wanna leave you with this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. When you go to do this and you start running into issues because it's not falling into place exactly like you thought it would initially, don't give up. Keep pressing forward. It will work out. 
The only difference between a winner and a quitter is that the winner never quit. They keep going. Do not be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's right. You got to give God the round of applause. Okay. So again, if you have any questions about building generational wealth, Give me a call, Stephen Thayard, Good Patriot Realty, 408-472-0817. And if you don't want to miss another episode, hey, if you're on um, YouTube watching this, um, hit that thumbs up button and subscribe. But if you're a subscriber to me on Apple Podcasts or um, iHeartRadio or Spotify, you should get notifications when a new program hits and you can go ahead and listen to it. This one went a little long. I know it's almost 30 minutes. Um, get, I know, I know if you just start listening to the first five minutes, you'll get sucked in. You'll get sucked in. All right. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. God bless all our veterans. Cause veterans day is coming up in November in a few days. Thank you for your service. Thank you for writing a blank check with your life for our support, supporting our freedoms and the American dream of home ownership. And we'll see you next time on another episode of The Real Estate Connection, brought to you by Good Patriot Realty, a salute to home ownership. This has been The Real Estate Connection with realtor and certified probate and real estate specialist, Stephen Thayard. Licensed Cal BRE number 01700019. For more information on this program, visit realestateconnectionradio.com. To contact Stephen directly, call 408-472-0817 or email info at realestateconnectionradio.com. And be sure to tune in next week at this time for The Real Estate Connection.